0: Hello, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 11th, 2019. I'm Scott, and I work on CircuitPython all day, every day. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to do so. Uh, If you don't know, CircuitPython is the easiest way to program small, inexpensive computers called microcontrollers that are in lots of different things. and the goal is to make it easy for you to make a project of your own, a device of your own, to do exactly what you want it to be able to do. Uh, this meeting, uh, we, <laughs> um, this meeting happens every week on Mondays is our normal time at eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern. It's a chance for everybody within the CircuitPython community to get together and let us know, or let each other know what's working, what they're working on, and what's going on. Um, so everybody is welcome to join. If you want to listen to it live, you can uh, go to the Adafruit Discord, which is A-D-A-F-R-U slash Discord. That will drop you into our Discord server and uh, on the voice channel is where we do this meeting every week. Um, we also will... Uh, be chatting in the Circuit Python text chat alongside that, and that's where also we will let uh, you know if the schedule's changed, uh, usually due to U.S. holidays. Um, so if you want to get pinged on uh, updates and stuff around the meeting, uh, ask to be added to the Circuit Pythonistas group, and we will do that, and then you'll you'll get all the info there. Um, this meeting is recorded, both uh, the Text chat and the voice chat are recorded, so beware of that. Uh, the recordings go up on the Adafruit YouTube channel, at youtube.com/adafruit, and they're also made available through podcast services such as Pocket Casts and iTunes and things like that. So that's a great way to keep up uh, if you can't make the meeting on its own. Um, another thing is we do take notes, so uh, we send the note stock out early, and that note stock. Uh, you can put information in there if you're unable to make the meeting, or uh, later you can go back and take a look at it um, to figure out everything that was discussed in this typically hour-ish long meeting. Um, the links to the note stocks are uh, posted alongside the videos, and then the notes also have linked back to the videos as well. So um, you can check that out. Uh, this meeting is run in five parts. Uh, the first part is community news, which is... Uh, kind of highlights of the week on what, what has happened around python and circuit python and Adafruit and all that sort of stuff we'll start with that we follow up with hug reports uh, which is done or no <laughs> I'm, I'm a little rusty uh, after community news we do state of circuit python which is like a statistical hopefully objective view of the health of the project kind of just ground us in how things are going um, and then after that we do hug reports which is uh, done as a round robin so, I will start and we'll go down through the list of the folks in the voice chat um, and hear uh, the things that they want to thank people for for the, the last week or so. Um, if you don't want to participate in that, but you are listening in the voice channel, channel, just let us know that you're looking and we will skip over you. If you don't want to speak, but you'd like to participate, you're welcome to drop notes in the note stock or text into the text channel, and I will read it off for you just in case folks are just listening to this rather than watching the video. and uh, Otherwise, we'll call on you, and and you can speak up and let us know uh, what hug reports you have. The next section after that is uh, status updates, which is also done as a round-robin, so all things still apply. Um, but this is a chance for you to say kind of what you've been working on and what you plan on doing in the coming week. It's a great way for everybody to be aware of everything that's going on and also um, give tips or tricks or, or hints uh, regarding the work that folks are working on. Um, and then lastly, we have a section called In the Weeds, which is a chance for us to just talk about any some any discussions or any long-form questions uh, that kind of come up. Come up. Um, that's a it's done at the end because it may be a long discussion that is very detailed and things like that. So um, if you have topics for In the Weeds, uh, please add them to the notes doc and, uh, and or uh, post them in the text channel and we'll snag it and put it in the notes doc to keep track of there as well. And with that, I will take a time code so that the notes are synced with the recording. And let's we'll get this show on the road. Um, this section is community news, and uh, since Adafruit uh, PT is on a train, uh, I'm going to read it off instead. So the first one is a uh, Python-powered badge at Supercon. Um, a number of us are going to Supercon this weekend, and they we will be providing Edge badges to everybody there. It's running CircuitPython by default, um, but uh, Brian, JP, Melissa, and myself will be there to help people get um, that is not the one that I'm thinking of, um, <laughs> uh, get the machine learning demos going on it as well. Uh, next up, we, uh, wanted to shout out, uh, Winter Bloom Sol by Alethea Flowers, also known as Thea, who's also known as Stargirl. Uh, this is a really cool modular synth, uh, URAC module that is CircuitPython powered. And it was added to circuitpython.org boards. And uh, it's super cool. So check it out. Uh, Thanks to Tia again for that. Um, Python is number two language on GitHub now, which is kind of amazing. Um, They posted the state of the Octaverse information. And you can see that uh, Python, I don't remember when it surpassed, but I think it's number two behind uh, JavaScript, which is super neat. Bunny uh, Wang, is uh, you can sponsor him now on GitHub. So Adafruit is now a sponsor of Bunny. Um, so if you want to support him, check it out, uh, github.com bunny. There are now uh, 13 entries for the Take Flight with Feather contest. This is a super cool contest uh, to see all of the different designs people can make for the feather ecosystem. There's a number of categories, so also check that out. I know there's one that's uh, kind of like weirdest feather, but there's also one that's like a radio or wireless feather as well. So take a look at that Hackaday link there for uh, all the details of that contest. I think it goes through the end of the year, so you got some time uh, to check it out. Um, And as always, uh, we're working on the newsletter for tomorrow. So if you have uh, any news regarding Python, CircuitPython, MicroPython, um, any of that uh, new hardware, that sort of thing... Uh, these notes say, as always, uh, please open an issue, a PR, an email, a tweet, send an owl, uh, whatever works, contribute to the newsletter. I would love to get, uh, more people, uh, participating with that. And, uh, it's a great way to get the word out about things. So, um, lastly, uh, thanks to, uh, Matt Trentini for always chiming in on MicroPython news and links, uh, for that. So, um... That is all of the community news. Okay. Next up we have state of Circuit Python and its libraries. Um, no problem, Phil. Uh, yeah, so I, I should also say that if people like the community news section, uh, the newsletter itself that goes out on uh, Tuesday mornings is just like a superset of it. it. has tons of information. Uh, and you can go to adafruitdaily.com to sign up for that. Okay, uh, state of CircuitPython and its libraries. This is again kind of an objective view of everything, so that we can ground ourselves <laughs> rather than just patting ourselves on the back. Um, <laughs> overall, uh, we've had 28 pull requests merged. This is across both the core and the libraries. We had seven authors, uh, new folks I see in those lists is Chris Bartley. So thanks to Chris for that. Uh, we had eight reviewers, so this is awesome. I think this is one of the few times we've had more reviewers than authors, uh, but we always want to encourage people. Uh, reviewing is a great way to begin uh, participating in the CircuitPython community. If you see a change to a driver of something that you use, um, download it, try it, and then drop a comment on it. To say like, hey, I tried this and it works. That's like immensely helpful. Uh, because then one of us can come along and just say like, "Yeah, it looks good," and, and make it happen. So, um, if you want to get started with reviewing, uh, reach out to any of us. We'd we'd love to help you do that if you're if you're interested. Uh, issues wise, we had nine issues closed by four people and nine open by nine people, so we're net zero, uh, which is a good place to be. Um, and then uh, overall summary of where we are with Circuit Python uh, is. We just got Alpha 5 released, thanks to Dan, so that was really good. Um, that had about two months of changes to the Five O stuff, at, including a bunch of boards, so thanks to everybody who added boards. Uh, please try Alpha 5 and expect to see an Alpha 6 or maybe even a Beta 0 soon enough uh, with some BLE changes that we're doing as well. So um, Library-wise, I think we're about to hit 200 libraries, which is kind of crazy i think we've surpassed uh our arduino library count too so thanks to everybody who works on the libraries um it's i think we're i think we're hit about to hit 200 libraries anyway um that's a notes thing <laughs> so uh yeah thanks to everybody for the libraries we have a great uh ecosystem going on here with CircuitPython, python and, and that's why state of CircuitPython is both so, uh, thanks to everybody for all of that. Okay, uh, we'll, let's go into a bit more detail about the core and then we'll talk on libraries uh, in a bit. Um, core wise, we had 12 pull requests merged from five different authors, including uh, Maker Melissa Theocodes, Dan Halbert, Higher Effect, and myself. We had six reviewers. So, again, thank you to all the reviewers. And uh, we have nine open pull requests where the oldest two are over 300 days, which is kind of bad. And maybe we should take a look and just close them. Um, but that's all good. Uh, if you want to see a full list of the pull requests, uh, you can check the note stock. Although, this obviously, the notes do not get updated as they get closed. Uh, Issues-wise, we had five closed issues by four people and four opened by four people. So we're actually net down one issue, which is awesome, for a total of 193 open issues. And again, you can check the notes for a link to that. Um, we have seven active milestones, uh, and you can see the breakdown within the notes of uh, where there's how many issues there are per milestone. I'm not going to go into detail on that though. In this case, um, download sets uh, we have break- broken out by board and by language, um, but I'll just tell the totals uh, here. So our latest stable is four one zero, and we've had seventeen thousand two hundred twelve total downloads of that. Um, and again, you can see breakdown of la- by board or language in our notes. And uh, Alpha 5 was released last week, and we've had 285 downloads of that so far. So um, not surprising. Stable gets a lot more downloads than Unstable, but uh, we'd love it if people would take the leap, try the Alpha, and let us know what you find. Um, it definitely has a lot of improvement, so uh, it's it's generally worth it, and it is generally stable. Um, there's nothing super destabilizing about it, so... Uh, don't be too scared. You can always go back. Okay. And with that, uh, let's kick it over to Katni for more detail on the libraries.
1: Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right. So we had 16 pull requests merged over the last week by five authors, including Chris Bartley. So thank you very much for contributing there. And six reviewers. So we also had more reviewers than authors um, this time around, which is excellent. We have 28 open pull requests. Many of those are very old, um, we still need to take the time to go through there and figure out whether this is stuff um, still worth implementing or what is going on with that. Um, we had four issues closed by two people and five opened by five people, which means we are net up one for a total of 140 open issues. To view those, you can go to circuitpython.org slash contributing and um, you can see the, everything going on with the libraries actually. Um, the open pull requests, any open issues, and also uh, library infrastructure issues, uh, which are checks that we have to ensure that our libraries are fitting our standards. Um, And if you're looking to get started with contributing to CircuitPython, it's an excellent place to go because that's where you'll be able to find things that you could review, things that you could actually fix, um, that sort of thing. And uh, we are absolutely 100% happy to help you with that process, if that's something you're interested in doing. Uh, we had um, two new libraries in the last seven days, one for uh, display and the other one for um, circuit Python gizmos, which are add-ons for circuit playground. And uh, we have a library now that's going to include all of the gizmos in one place. So that will be super nice that's gotten started. Uh, and we had a few updated libraries as well. And that is where we are with the libraries.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katney. Okay, let's go on to thanking more people. Uh, this is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing in the last week or since the, t- the last time we were able to give them a thank you to um, so take a couple minutes and let us know uh, who's doing some awesome work within our community. We do this as a round robin. So again, uh, if you're in the voice channel, uh, let us know if you're lurking, if you don't want to participate. Let us know your text-only if you don't want to speak uh, to the recording or for whatever reason. Um, otherwise, I will call on you, and you can unmute and let us know uh, what hug reports you have. Uh, and also, I will uh, interlace any folks who were not, not able to make the meeting but put notes in the notes doc as well. So um, it's easy enough, uh, or I recommend following the notes if you're curious when you'll actually be called up. Okay. I'll take a time code and read mine off. Uh, first and foremost, uh, thanks to Dan H for helping review PRs while I was out and for doing the release. Uh, I really appreciate it. Again, um, I don't I haven't reiterated this in a while, but every time I take a break, I say uh, or suggest everybody else, uh, please take breaks. Um, it's actually really good for the community for folks to, uh, disappear for a little while and uh, let other people learn how to do the things that that person's been doing. So um, if you're ever feeling burned out, take a break. Um, we'll be here when you get back. Um, just let us know in case uh, in case we uh, actually wonder where you went. So um, yeah, take care of yourself and take breaks and take vacations and go see some sun. Uh, it's it's definitely worth it. I've yeah. So thank you. <laughs> circling back. Thanks to Dan for helping review PRs. Also, thanks to Katni for being flexible and running the meetings while I was out. I really appreciate that. Um, Lady Ada uh, has been doing a just consistently doing a ton of reviews. Uh, as I go through my email, I see her do a lot of reviews and merges. So thanks to Lady Ada for that. And lastly, uh, thanks to Thea for adding her winter bloom soul board. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, circuit python powered uh, euro rack stuff so that's super cool okay and with that i will read tg techie off who's not in the voice chat but is in the notes so um, tg techie says uh hug to luminescent simian for helping me with some module scope differences in circuit python versus c python a hug to Lady Ada for her work on the free touch library. And lastly, a hug to the community as always for being so awesome. Thank you, TG Techie. Uh, looping around to Brent, who is notes only this week. Uh, Brent says, hug report to uh, Adafruit and Jeff. Oh, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm reading it wrong. Uh, welcome to Adafruit, Jeff Epler. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of your work on the core and a group hug. And. Carter is lurking, so we'll go to C. Grover. Who is lurking but has notes, so I'll read those off. Um, C. Grover says, hugs to the CircuitPython team and community. Uh, hug report to John Park for helpful design comments on the classic MIDI interface and encouragement to enter a Hackaday project contest. Uh, and uh, lastly, a hug and great respect at the Codes, also known as Starkirl. For sharing her CircuitPython code, I had no suggestions, but benefited greatly from reviewing her techniques. I've already applied some of the new knowledge gained from the review. Yes, Uh, Stargirl is an expert Pythonista, so she brings lots of Python knowledge to everything. So thanks to her. And let's go to Charles.
2: I haven't been doing too much with uh, CircuitPython lately because I've sort of been... stuck in a a bit of work at at my job at the Weather Bureau. So Mm -hmm. all I can say is, as usual, the group hug to everybody who does all this wonderful work that I keep uh, twiddling with occasionally. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. All right, let's
0: go to Dan.
3: Okay. So I just, um, so TAC and I have been working on um, specifying true BLE services for all the different functions of kinds of things that you'd find on a circuit playground blue fruit, like the temperature sensor, the light sensor, the neopixels. And so each of those, controlling each of those things or getting data from them would be a separate service. And just to tell you who TAC is, he works, um, he does work for Adafruit. He has his he is the originator of TinyUSB. You can look at tinyusb.org, if you want. Um, it's his own independent project for uh, um, my, uh, USB support for various different microcontrollers, which is uh, really sort of taken off and is now seems to be the primary choice for people who want to add um, USB support to yet another microcontroller. So, uh, and he also has done. He did the Bluefruit. He and another fellow from Adafruit did the Bluefruit um, library that's in Arduino. He's done a lot of NRF52 Arduino support, and so he has a lot of experience in this area. So it's really good working with him. So anyway, uh, he's working. We're specifying these services um, because we're working on another um, Bluefruit Connect app, which is sort of uh, specific to the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, which will be kind of an introductory app to let you control. Um, the device over uh, Bluetooth. And so he's implementing these services in Arduino and, and we'll implement them in CircuitPython. This is kind of fun. Um, and then, um, let's see. So, uh, also um, Scott and I, Scott worked on, um, wait a minute, I'm looking in the wrong place. Sorry, I'm my status report. <laughs> Which is why this is so long. Okay. But I do wanna okay. All right. Thanks to Thea for getting um MicroPython.native the native decorator to work. Um it's really great. Um it was tested and also GPS head did some uh, commented in the pull request. That's really helpful. And then thanks to Scott for um uh taking um kind of the the um, leap to try to figure out how to do just declare BLE services declaratively uh, in Circuit Python, and it was worked out really well. I used those, uh, used his code to get some of the some of the services that Tack and I are working on, or sort of earlier versions of them, working really quickly, like with only a very small number of lines of code. Worked out really well. Awesome. Okay.
0: Thanks, Dan. All right, let's go to Drew.
3: Oh, uh, just thanks for the comments uh, last week and in the weeds uh, about um, how to address the differences in uh, in pins between different Linux boards. So working on a uh, change for that to not have to have a separate file to cover the BeagleBone for PWM out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, are you done, Drew? You want to mute? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to Higher
4: Effect. Uh, okay, so can you hear me? Sorry, I'm trying out a new mic today. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, so uh, this week, thanks, uh, Scott, for the time uh, that you took uh, while you were out uh, to help out on the PWM stuff. Um, I appreciate your patience <laughs> working with <laughs> me on that uh, back while we were having the, the math discussion. Um, so Worked thanks out. for helping me fix that up. Yeah. Um, and uh, just continuing, thanks, as always, to Dan and Lady Atta for their hard work in helping me test uh, new uh, STM32 stuff. So um, always they always work really hard on that and get back to me really fast. And I'm very, always very thankful to them. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you.
0: All right, uh, Jason P is lurking. So let's go to Jeff Epler.
5: Well, first of all, a big hug to Brent for spilling the beans, <laughs> uh, but also to uh, Lamore and Phil and Scott and Katni and others, um, because I've been brought on board as a member of the Circuit Python team now. We've been working on this for months, but I had my last day at my old job and starting next week, I've got 20 hours a week to work on the core. And then outside of that, I have some other um, open source projects I also have paid work on. So... Uh, things are looking great and thanks for getting me here you guys it is it just feels amazing and also a group hug for the community I just I'm gonna be able to spend more time with you and you're not gonna have to wait till after 5 p.m. Nebraska time <laughs> to get an answer from me and um, guys it's gonna be great thank you so uh,
0: you're only doing half time. are you gonna do particular days or something because I don't want to bug you when you're not working
5: I think we're going to have to have some conversations about that. I don't have uh, the final answer. I want to sit down and talk about what is going to work and figure it out. So let's talk about it. Sounds good. All right. Well, welcome, Jeff.
0: Okay. Let's go
5: to Jerry.
6: Oh, there's the unmute. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Thanks to Dan and and Scott for the the new BLE IO stuff and BLE code. It's really. Cool stuff! Thanks for all the work on that. And Carter, the uh, the, the CPB uh, gizmo snow globe is really cute. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and a group hug. It's really uh, the expansion of the of the people involved in this program has been amazing to watch. We're more of an explosion than an expansion in the <laughs> last few months. So really, really cool to see. And this being Veterans Day and Armistice Day, uh, just a thank you to all those who, who served.
0: Totally. Thanks, Jerry. All right, Katni.
1: So first and foremost, a hug to Jeff for joining Adafruit. Welcome. Um, Second to Dan for keeping up with everything while Scott was gone and for the new 5.0 Alpha. And lastly, a hug report to Carter for an excellent discussion about the circuit playground, Blue Fruit.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Crayola. Crayola.
7: Sorry, I was looking at another window. Um, (laughs) So my hug report is to um, Jeff for choosing CircuitPython and Adafruit for his next big thing. Welcome. Looking forward to seeing you around even more.
0: All right. Thank you, Crayola. Maker Melissa.
8: Hello. Uh, First of all, hug report to Jeff for joining Adafruit. I um, report to Katni for helping me with the API key issue on a couple of the repos. Uh, Sedacious for help with the SSD 1305 driver. Lady Ada for helping figure out uh, the SSD 1305 I2C reset issue. Uh, Jerry for noticing that library had added to the bundle wasn't actually being included. And he's got for merging my bundle fix.
0: Yeah, no problem. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Let's go to Nis. Are you around? Maybe lurking. All right, let's keep going to Sedacious.
7: Hey, uh, so I've got uh, one or two. So one, obviously, a big one to um, Chapler for joining Edifruit. I remember how fun and amazing and exciting it was when I joined. You can only imagine you feel a mixture of the same. So welcome, congratulations, and I look forward to working with you. Um, secondly, to Lady Ada and Dan for helping me think through a better way of doing um, controlled vocabularies for the CircuitPython drivers. I think we've settled on something pretty good that we can use moving forward, so I'm excited about that. Um, Thanks to Dan again, also for uh, covering a lot of the cord issues. Well, um, cord just, you know, responsibility as well. Um, Scott was out and um, a uh, future looking hug report to all of the Adafruit peeps who will be joining me at SuperCon and for all the fun stuff that we're going to do there. Uh, that's about it. All
0: right. Thanks, Sedacious. Okay. Niska, uh Posted some stuff, says, uh, hug report to Dan H. Was a big help to me in getting ARM STM32F405 Arduino IDE-based programming work- working. Uh, Dan steered me to the Till, which proved in- instrumental in understanding the programming of this new Adafruit target board. Uh, similarly, Jerry N. linked to the unpublished STM32F405 guide in the channel, which made spy flash ROM access possible for me. Thanks so much. Okay, and Jeff also wanted to chime in and say, "Oh yeah, I forgot to hug report everybody who will be representing CircuitPython Python at SuperCon, and let's go to Summersoft."
9: Hello. so of course, like like everyone who didn't spill the beans, um, <laughs> thanks or congrats to to Jeff for joining the core team.
0: Um, that's going to be awesome to watch,
9: uh, and then just a group hug beyond that.
0: Awesome, thanks, Summersoft. And last but not least, we have Stargirl, who is text only and says, uh, thanks to Dan H. for reviewing the MicroPython.Native PR. And also uh, thanks to John Park for being a beta tester for Saul and, and just being incredibly enthusiastic and helpful. Yes. Ooh, that means I get to go see one. I get to see the latest one down, down when I visit John Park. Okay. Uh, that's it for hug reports. I don't think we got. Anyway. Looks like Jetpler
8: threw one at the last.
0: Yeah, I just I I read it. I just read it off. I think I got it. Ah. Um. Thanks, Melissa. Okay. Uh, status updates. Uh, this is done similarly as around Robin. Uh, so let us know if you're lurking. Uh, status updates is just take a couple minutes to let us know what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, it's a great way to just stay in sync on what's everyone is doing and uh, give some tips tricks or hints uh to folks on so that they can accomplish their work in a quicker fashion um so i will start and then we'll go around just like we just did so um as you know i've been traveling a bunch and uh this is my last week of travel for a while i'm headed to supercon down in la uh, in pasadena i leave on wednesday and i fly back on monday so I will have my computer, and I will be around, but I will be very busy, so I may not be on all the time during that During that time. Um, I have two presentations this week. Um, I'm giving a presentation up here in Seattle on Tuesday, and then on su- at Supercon on Sunday. Uh, Supercons will be live-streamed if you want to follow along and watch it uh, at the time. Uh, it will also be recorded and posted later. Um I'm also crashing JP's workshop on Thursday, so check out that live stream. Um, We're talking about just talking Bluetooth, talking Game Boy, and all sorts of things. Um, Since I'm doing a bunch of Game Boy stuff, uh, I've got to revive my Game Boy demos and make sure that they're at least working enough for Tuesday and then Thursday and all that stuff. So uh, we'll be doing some Game Boy hacking this week. And then uh, there's a number of folks that I kind of want to mind meld with when we're down in... Uh, LA and SuperCon so uh, I've done a little bit of prep work for the Hackaday uh, SuperCon badge which is an ECP5 FPGA and uh, I kind of want to try to get CircuitPython running on it um, which would be super cool so I may, may take a stab at that and then um, Kate Temkin who is a prolific uh, contributor from um, Great Scott Gadget's does a lot of low-cost USB debugging. I've got uh, PCBs for the latest version of the rhododendron neighbor for the GreatFet, which is low-cost, high-speed USB debugging. Um, And so I want to assemble that and mind meld with her when we're down together at SuperCon and uh, get my workflow going so we can teach more people how to do low-cost USB debugging. Uh, And it's high-speed, too, so potentially we can start looking at having uh, USB high-speed support from CircuitPython, which would enable some cool things around audio and perhaps video up the USB link, which I I think is really neat. So being able to stream what you see on the screen of a CircuitPython device would be really cool. Um, So yeah, that's uh, my upcoming week, and uh, let's go to, I think... Brent is next, and I'll, I will read him off. Brent says, Last week, mostly AFK for research-slash-midterm exam season. I've been programming in Julia a bunch, which is an interesting language. This week, in catching up with IO support channels, hoping to finalize a project I've been working on for Adafruit and have some interesting... Uh, Circuit Python IoT projects, etc. In the hopper after this wraps up. Okay, Carter is lurking. See Grover is text only, so See Grover says, um, "This past week, I rack- wrapped up the STEMMA 10 volt dual 12 bit Euro rack module. It's a 3 HP panel that's powered by." 3.3-volt Stemma, but capable of producing two independent plus 10-volt full-scale outputs. Uh, GitHub link in the notes uh, to that project. Uh, also, completed testing of the standalone Stemma-powered UART adapter for the classic MIDI featherwing, so the, that the wing can be connected to non-feather devices such as the Pi Portal and Neo Trellis M4 via a 3-volt slash 5-volt Stemma or Stemma QT jack, and link in the notes again as there as well and worked on three submittals for the hackaday take flight with feather project contest the waveform generator generator featherwing was submitted last week more to come this week and CircuitPython was used in all three projects that's awesome keep up the feathers there Seagrover. uh this week uh finish the remaining contest entries and then get back to testing the next version of the string car m0 express the AD9833 ADSR Featherwing, and the Stemma Eurorack Dual 16-bit DAC boards. also need to populate a half-dozen more classic MIDI Featherwing PCBs for some ongoing synth projects. If there's time, I'll put the final touches on the Stringcar M4 board. Um, When it snows, I need to hack into the LiPo-powered Brushless Snow Thrower to get a better handle on predicting battery usage for various snow depths and wetness. Spare batteries are expensive. Don't want to have to do more than uh, plus one on hand if possible. Thank you, C. Grover. And let's go to Charles.
2: It's interesting you mentioned MIDI, because I've, I've been trying to do a, uh, a, uh, I can't, I don't know how to describe it, but I took, I took a, a uh, resistive touch panel. I put an underlay underneath it that had vertical stripes. And I'm trying to create a uh, a touch device hmm. to control uh, MIDI volume and 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 uh, CCs. So we'll see what happens. Sounds interesting. Yeah, because uh, I found it's a couple of interesting th- thoughts. It's built. They have a software version of it built into Sunvox. I want to make a hardware version because uh, just uh, as a separate controller device. Mm-hmm. Okay, let you go. Thank
0: Thanks, you. Thanks, Charles. Sounds really interesting. Post photos when you have them. Okay, let's go to Dan. Okay, so
3: as I was reading before by mistake, um, <laughs> TAC and I um, have been specifying BLE services for the circuit Playground Blue Fruit and we're going to... He, I'm implementing them in CircuitPython, Python. He's implementing them in Arduino to try to try something out because uh, we have another Adafruit person working on a new uh, Bluefruit Connect app that's sort of specific for the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, so that it'll be an easy way to use some of the th- to like read the temperature or make the um, <clears throat> uh, make the Neopixels change or something. It's kind of like an in- a beginner's intro to that. And um, the other thing that I mentioned is that we have sort of a new API for the BLE library, uh, which has not been released yet. And we need to release um, CircuitPython changes at the same time as the library. So we'll do that for the next release. We were going to talk about when that's going to happen, whether it's going to be late this week or after that. Mm -hmm. And then because of that. All the examples in the current Learn Guides will have to change slightly because the API for setting up Bluetooth will be at least will change, but it won't be that complicated. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that I've done in the past few days is um, doing a lot of uh, pull requests, reviewing, especially um, reviewing um, Lucian's changes to the or additions to the STM32F4 port. So you, you will. There's there's set stuff is coming fast and furious. so you'll see more and more stuff added every time we make a new release. Um, like there'll you be know, work on NeoPixels, NeoPixel rival work and some other things are also in the work works right now. Awesome.
6: Okay. Thanks. Dan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, question. Uh, quick question. Um, with the sugar Play, playground blue fruit, I think people have been, you know, we've been telling people to download you know to put um, CP five, CircuitPython five on it, Alpha five, um, and but then they have to download the current mass, current released. Ver- so are the the new changes to the BLE the breaking changes that that are in there? Are they in the released Alpha version or, no. or just master? They're so just master. They the released version will they will it break their system?
3: No, if they the, right so that if they don't don't download master won't work but the latest release will work with Alpha 5.
6: Okay, it's, I was confused. So you haven't you haven't made a release of, of the, and, and it's still, regardless, it's not going into the bundle either way.
3: That is correct. Okay. Though we're trying to figure out how to get it into the bundle automatically. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Okay,
0: thanks. Okay. Awesome, thank you both. Okay, let's go to Drew.
3: Yeah, I'm testing out uh, PWM out uh, on the BeagleBone Black. Um, I already have it merged in for the Pocket
2: Beagle, so just testing out the Black before I create a pull request.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Drew. Excited to see you this weekend. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's go to Effect.
4: Okay, so uh, yeah, so this past week, I've been working on um, kind of gradually wrapping up the uh, PWM and and UART modules, which have just kind of required a lot of uh, revision over the lifecycle. Hopefully going to be wrapping those up uh, this week. Um, I think we have just a couple things that we wanted you to look at, Scott, and I've got a couple more style changes that Mm -hmm. uh, Jen just put in. So uh, looking over those this week. Um, but, uh, primarily my focus is on kind of getting into cleanup work. So working on, there's a lot of STM 32 issues, uh, that, uh, I've been putting down, accumulating as the port work has proceeded. So those, uh, many of those are under the 5.0 milestone and need to be revisited. Um, so, uh, as Dan said, I'm currently working on getting delays working and, and, uh, you know, accurate so that we can get, uh, the. NeoPixel supported. Uh, and then past that, there's going to be working on a variety of other kind of minor modules and uh, additional board support and uh, just a, a whole mess of other cleanup tasks. So um, I'm looking forward to that because some of these things have been bugging me for a while. So um, hopefully i uh, going to be putting through a whole flurry of PRs this week. So,
0: yeah. Sweet. And I'll get back to the outstanding ones later today. That's my goal. Okay, Jason is lurking, so let's go to Jeff.
5: Last week was saying goodbye to coworkers, some of whom I worked with for 20 years. And uh, about four of them seemed interested in what I was going to do now, so I made sure and give each of them a Circuit Circuit Playground Express. Uh, One has told me he knows the project he's going to do. He just doesn't want to tell me yet and surprise me. So that might be interesting. And this week, I'm taking a little R&R, but also putting my home office back together. We had a carpet install. I've got a new uh, computer. Um, so it's just it's a mess here. I'm glad there's no camera on this <laughs> meeting.
0: Awesome. All right. Uh, let's go to
6: Jerry. Um... Yeah, well, I was out, out for a week and a half uh, doing some, some family travel, so a lot a lot happened while I was gone, so playing, playing a lot of catch-up, just trying out the new releases and seeing what, what, what I can break and what has broken. Uh, not too much. And um, one of the things I've been doing is testing, building certain Python on various systems, on macOS or on, on Raspberry Pi and on my uh, Ubuntu Linux machine. And I ran across a problem that the... Uh, one of the boards, which I, I don't have or don't use, but it still wouldn't build onto the arm. So uh, that was the uh, SPR essence board. Um, turns out it won't build <laughs> in it, until, some, until there's some upstream changes. So hopefully that's in the works for anyone who, who wants to use that. But what I've been finding is that the, the new Raspberry Pi 4 particularly um, really does a nice job of building, you know, the tools install normally and there's really no problems. And so it is becoming a viable workspace for for doing circuit Python development and and testing. So that's nice to see. It is still a little bit slow. It takes about three to four times longer to compile on a four than it does on my desktop machine. But still, still you know a tolerable amount. I also played around with uh, with with uh, Summersoft's help uh, getting Ubuntu uh, nineteen oh four running on a um, uh, on a Raspberry Pi, and and th- it builds. Well, on that as well. Um, again, with the exception of the uh, SPR Essence board. So that that's been been kind of fun to play with, and uh, looking forward to using the the Pi more for that. Um, one thing I did find um, in uh, doing a lot of burning of, of flash chips for the uh, uh, SD cards for uh, for Raspberry Pis, and that on my Mac, and I don't know if it occurred just when I upgraded to Catalina or sometime in the fast in, in between afterwards, but the Bellina Etcher tool just stopped working completely. It kept giving me these sort of cryptic messages about corrupted, hmm. um, that, that the images I was trying to load were corrupted. Um, what I ended up doing is just updating the Bellina Etcher, which there was an update for, but it didn't automatically update. I don't know why, but hmm. that fixed everything. So anybody who's running into that problem, um, it's worth updating the, the, the Bellina Etcher. And thanks, Melissa. I guess it it's a known Catalina problem. So it does work well now. Um and uh, then finally and, and some fun stuff got to play with the, the some of the new BLD IO and, and the new VLD library stuff and at least checked out some of the existing demos. Um the new demos really are nice. I like the uh the new uh, central peripheral demo. It's really easy to use. And if you have two two CPBs, it's really kinda of fun to have them have them talk to each other. <laughs> and um and then I've been updating some of my older projects to try and use the new server, the new the new versions and some of that's going well, some of it not. Right. Um, I tried to try uh, to do a quick implementation of the uh, current time service. And I thought I was getting close, but uh, I'm I'm not sure. And, and I've got a lot to learn. So I'll keep playing with it, but uh, mostly probably wait for somebody who knows what they're doing to actually get it working. And next week, uh, more of the same. I'll keep working, playing with the IO and BLE stuff.
0: Awesome! Thanks for trying that, Jerry. I, I appreciate it. You've definitely made progress on getting it working, uh, even yeah, if it doesn't work fine. fully. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Uh, all right, Katney.
1: So last week, um, finding things are running together, and I'm not entirely sure what was finished last week and what was the week before. So apologies for any duplicates. I Finished adding the USB-C micro lipo charger to the micro lipo guide. There's a fritzing object for that, and uh, the PCBs are on GitHub. Um, It turns out that it's not just a charger. We exposed the data lines on it, so it can also be used as a USB-C breakout on a microcontroller. So we added a pinouts page to the microLiPo guide since that's unique to that chip. Um, I tested the MPR-121 hat on Raspberry Pi. It works as is with Blinka and CircuitPython, so I updated the guide with that updated the PM 2.5 air quality sensor guide to include Python and Blinky usage, and started the US 100 HC-SRO4 guide. Both of those are um, ultrasonic distance sensors. And um, I started the guide for those, I tested them both on Feather, uh, and that is um, where I got with that. So this week and beyond, uh, I need to blog the updated PM 2.5 guide I need to test both the US100 and the HCSR04 on Pi. I also need to test the US100 in the HCSR04 compatibility mode. There's a jumper on it that allows you to use it in two different ways. So I need to test the other mode. Um, and then once I have them tested on Pi as well, I will finish updating the guide. I didn't want to start the Python and CircuitPython page and find out that it doesn't actually work on Pi. So um, need to do that before finishing that guide. Uh, after that, we're going to do a new guide for the new mini GPS module that's uh, um, I2C uh, with Stemma connectors on it, um, which the reason it's a new guide and not going into the other GPS guide like every other module we've had is that the other modules are UART, and this is the first one we have that is I2C. Um, past that, uh, next step is to go through the massive PyPI PI spreadsheet that I made um, over a year ago, I guess, and a couple years ago. Um, It's been a while and start to close that out. Um, It contains a list of all the libraries at the time that it was created and a series of checkboxes to know when we updated guides. And there's still a number of them that we never updated guides for. So um, it's possible that they don't have guides and or uh, don't need updates, but we need to go through that and figure out what's left so we can get that finished. There are still a few lingering um, GitHub issues with regards to read the docs or PyPI. I need to go through those and make sure that those are all finished up and updated as well. And then um, at some point, I'm going to be working on the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit Library, hopefully. And that's where I'm at.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katni. All right. Let's go to Crayola. Uh,
7: unfortunately, I don't have much to work for last week other than was recovering from a concussion, still am, but um, hoping to get the go-ahead to start using the computer again um, and any other screens. And if I am able, I plan to continue working on Pixel Buff to try to get that wrapped up because it was so close and I was mm-hmm. looking forward to working on it. And
3: then someone ran into me.
0: Bummer. Well, be well. Heal up. All right. Let's go to Melissa.
8: Hello. Okay, so this last week I finished updating the WS2801 learn guide. I wrote the SSD1305 display IO driver. I fixed an issue with the CircuitPython core display IO with I2Cs because uh, the SSD1305 uh, displays need to be reset before they could scan for I2C. Uh, I fixed some issues of the frame buff SSD1305 driver I finished updating uh, the 124 by 64 SSD 1305 display guide. I worked on sprucing up the uh, giz- gizmo library examples, and I updated the snow globe code to use the gizmo library. Um, the next two weeks, I'm gonna finish up the TFT gizmo slideshow example. Um, actually, more, more like just a little over a week, but uh, then uh, work on the remaining SSD 1305 guides, and doing some Hackaday Supercon prep, which is getting familiar with the hacking. Uh, I'm going to leave for Supercon on Wednesday, and I should arrive back on Wednesday And I won't be able to make the next because of that. Awesome. Unless we don't
6: have one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Katney's planning on running it. Um. OK. Well, yeah, we can see. Okay. Cool. Yep. We're on for next week. Katni will run it. Uh, Thank you, Katni. All right. Let's go to NIS. NIS says, I was able to complete an Arduino project for the STM32F405 using ST's cube programmer or alternatively, Debian's distributed DFU util. Both from a Debian Linux host PC, both via the USB interface. Uh, needed to erase all in Cube only to upload to the F405 target properly. Uh, Cube-based upload was done only outside of the Arduino IDE. Using the unpublished F405 guide to access by Flash ROM on the F405 works, uh, thanks to Jerry. And links to the guide and the script stuff are in the notes. So check those out. Okay, and let's go to Sedacious.
7: Let's see. So over the last week, I got the drivers for the LSM60SOX, both the gyro and the accelerometer, both working with variable data rates and ranges. Um, So that was a good milestone. I also um, worked with, uh, as previously mentioned, um, Lamar and Dan to figure out a better way to um, handle uh, controlled vocabulary controlled vocabularities vocabularities? (laughs) for uh, things like uh, data rate and um, range and all of these things where you have a chunk of a register that has a um, a number of possible uh, values that can be assigned to it and you want to keep track of which is which and um, stuff like that. So we found a good way to do that. Um, So that's what I'm going to probably be using going forward. And... um, Uh, I'll uh, post a link to what I came up with if uh, anyone has some feedback. Um, So that's good. Uh, What else did I do? Um, I finished off the guides for the LSM 303 AGR and the MPU 6050. Um, Both of those boards came out last week. I think they're actually in the store now. Um, I also did some more uh, analysis of the schematic for my Droid I have a pretty good understanding of how the division of responsibility abilities works down, works between the, um, the NRF and the mystery module on the back side of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell, the NRF is the brains of the operation. It gets all the input from the user, um, runs the motors, um, and um, does a little bit of it, um, uh, it can sense like what. Um, Accessories are attached to the droid, Um, and then I think the the mystery module on the backside is kind of like a media thing. It's responsible for blinking the LEDs and playing sound files and stuff like that. And this makes a lot of sense when I went back and saw a video of uh, one of these things actually working, because mine hasn't been working for a while. Um, And all the you know the LEDs blink in sync with the sounds and stuff, so that makes perfect sense that this one thing would be doing all of that. And it's also I've found the same module in some um, uh, I think they're Nerf guns and stuff where you have like LEDs blinking and sounds playing, so hmm. it makes perfect sense. So um, once I actually have one of these things with some um, working flash on it um, and some programs that I can do some more analysis on, um, I'm hopeful that it's um, I'll be able to. Uh, Figure out how to make that thing work. Um, I'm probably also going to try and dump some of the flash off of the um, so-called personality chips to see if there's actually a media on them, or if they're just some sort of, uh, you know, ID to tell the um, chip what to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh, I know there's are there is some um, sound files already on the module because, as far as I can tell, the um, So anyone that doesn't know, these little droids, they have accessories that you can plug into the legs, either um, little blasters or jetpacks. And um, they change the behavior of what this one button does. So if you put blasters on, it'll play blaster sounds. And if you put the jetpacks on, it plays jetpack sounds and and flashes the LEDs and whatnot. Hmm. Um, But the interface that comes into this just has um, power, grounds, and... Um, something, question mark, going into what looks like a um, voltage divider. So I th- I'm pretty sure that it's just sensing you know, different levels of voltages from the different um, resistors in the accessories, and then playing different sound files depending huh. on what it sees. Huh. Um, I have the blaster somewhere, uh, lost somewhere, that I'll take apart and verify this conclusion. But I think that's probably the case. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting something more going with that. Um, what else did I do? Um, yeah, I, uh, this morning I tried uh, flashing a blinky sketch onto uh, the NRF uh, with no success. Um, it's you know the, there's a stack of things that I tried, I, I, but I've got plenty more things to try. but um, anyone with development experience on the NRF 51 or even 52, um, doing, like, kind of bare metal stuff. Um, I just want the super simplest blinky possible. Um, and I don't know if there's things I'm not aware I need to do that's different um, on an NRF versus other like Sandy boards. Um, so if you've got some useful advice, please ping me. Uh, this week, I am going to do more features. i um, going to add more features for the llsm 60 sox to... The drivers, um, it's got all kinds of stuff, um, like a pedometer mode, the usual tap detection, um, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the, the data sheet's like nearly 200 pages long, so um, there's bound to be some good stuff in there, um, it's just a matter of figuring out what it's uh, worth putting the time into actually adding to the drivers. Um, so I'll do you know, a fair amount of that before I get off the Supercon. Um, And then um, so this coming week, I'm going to be doing more of that. And then I'm going to be doing some prep for SuperCon, um, both getting some personal projects ready to go um, and um, getting ready to help people with their Edge badges that they'll be receiving. I'm going to load up a bunch of demos and stuff on my laptop to help people um, get stuff going um, and test that all out, make sure it works, make sure I know what I'm doing. uh, I'm going to try and see if I can get, um, Scott, I'll probably ping you about this, um, the HID working with the KMK keyboard firmware. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be really cool to actually have my wireless keyboard being wireless and mm-hmm. um, be able to show that off at Supercon. Um, and then the last kind of thing is I'm going to try, I've, I've, I've stacked my plate way too high, but I'm going to try <laughs> and see if I can get some um, uh blinky level code going on my tiny FPGA BX um, just to kind of familiarize myself with uh, FPGA toolchain, chain um, going into the Supercon so I can kind of hit the ground running as much as possible. Um, yeah, I think that's it.
0: Awesome. I look forward yeah. to hacking with you later this week.
7: Yeah, same. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, Summersoft.
9: Hello. So uh, last week... Um with uh, Rosie Pi and her new friend who has a working title of Fiizza CI. Um, so I spent the whole week basically researching uh, cloud and hosting options to move the server part off of Rosie Pi or off of the Raspberry Pi. Um, I ultimately decided on using Azure and serverless functions um, after coming up with an architecture that allows it to handle a good number of requests per month, for under a dollar. Um, I'm actually looking at like 12 cents, 20 cents. Hmm. Um, at least that's what I hope. We'll see how that works out. Um, if you'd like to look at plates of spaghetti or a visual of the topology, that's, that's it as it sits now. Um, the neat thing about it is that, or the main reason I did it um, was because it allows multiple test nodes of, or versions or different Raspberry Pis. Um, to interact with basically the server and it'll pull for uh, for new jobs to run. Um, I got to flex my data modeling muscles. That was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the skeleton of it on, on Azure um, right now, but I'm working on um, the GitHub app authentication process, and it's, it's fun. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, this coming week... Um, try and get back to the Actions migration. I still need to finish um, working on Adabot uh, to get her uh, off of Travis and over to uh, Actions, and then maybe start on the circuitpython.org um, Travis thing, and then keep pushing on my, my Azure integration. And if I get that done, then I get to start the code refactor on uh, on the RosyPi. So that's where I'm at.
0: Awesome. Thanks, SummerSoft. All right, and that has been status updates. Let's go on to In the Weeds, which is a chance for us to just talk about whatever um, and have a longer form discussion. So if you have a topic for In the Weeds, we have one here from Catney. So uh, if you have any others, please drop them in the notes uh, right now, and we'll go to you. Um, or you can do it in the text channel as well, and we'll, we'll snag it and put it in there. So. Uh, Let's start with Katni.
1: All right, so um, after some serious consideration and a couple different discussions, um, the only logical place for the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit Library to live is in the current Adafruit Circuit Playground Library. And due to memory restraints on the Circuit Playground Express, the only thing that makes sense is to freeze only part of the library. Um, I know that we discussed this previously and you were not super pleased about the idea, but (laughs) in terms of a lot of things, including from a support standpoint, um, it's kind of the only thing that makes sense. And we will be sure to include error handling in the event that someone does try to import blue fruit onto a CPX. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dan has a bunch of ideas about how to handle that. Um, but that is how I want to proceed with that.
0: I would just not worry about the partial frozen until you know you can't fit it.
1: Okay. Well, it's I mean we were already pushing what we had and we're adding more code. So I don't quite see how it's not possible, but I I guess we can we can cross that bridge when we get there.
0: Yeah, I mean I think we're planning on having a lot of it shared, right? That's the reason it needs to be in the same library.
1: Correct. Yeah. And also because, um, from a support standpoint uh, and from a user standpoint, we have already sort of, in we we people are experienced with the current syntax to import the Circuit Playground Express library. Right. So to provide them with new code that has a very similar syntax is a much better route than to have a totally different import um, scheme yep. uh, from some separate library, and. Um, as well, it's uh, from a support standpoint. It's actually very easy to handle people um, trying to import the wrong thing because it's it's a it's easy to understand when some when you have to explain to someone you're you're, you're using different hardware and that's why this code doesn't work. That's a that's a very easy to explain mm-hmm. um, issue. Uh, so that's that's the other reason why is that um, we're we're creating a, a good. A good experience for the users in in keeping these two things together.
0: Right, I'm totally on board with that. The thing I'm not on board with is the partial frozen. But I I understand. I think that there are there's more than one option for us to how to fix it if we can't fit it together.
3: So so yeah, I had I had an idea of that that there would be two versions of the blue fruit part of the library, and so there would be basically a dummy one mm-hmm. which would just throw not implemented that would get frozen in. So there would be a very small um, extra amount of code and it would be, it would give a reasonable error message as opposed to just like, it isn't here. Yeah. That's that's the kind of the way I saw of, of going forward on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I we can cross that bridge when we get there.
2: Okay. Oh, Tanu? Yeah. I was just wondering, couldn't you like have a separate class that encapsulated only the BLE so you could do something like import import cpx dot BLE right when you needed BLE yeah the
0: issue isn't uh the RAM footprint it's the fact that frozen stuff takes up code space like flash space in the build
2: okay yeah I didn't I didn't understand that that's what I was missing yeah no okay. problem thanks for asking
0: for clarification And in fact, the reason Um, it's frozen is so that it doesn't take RAM.
1: Right. Then I will go ahead and uh, move forward with us. And then when we reach a point that it's an issue, we will discuss how we want to handle it.
0: Perfect. We've got options. Thanks. Thank you. All right, let's go to Jeff.
5: Well, Scott, you mentioned... uh setting some expectations as to what hours I would be around or would prefer to answer questions or whatever. Um, And I think my other thing is going to be low-key and um, that I'm more kind of on call for Adafruit, but Mm -hmm. I don't know yet. I would like to hear suggestions, though, from other people who have maybe navigated this kind of question before.
2: Mm,
0: That's a good question. I mean, my main concern is not... I'm I'm worried we will suck you in more than twenty hours a week. That's my main concern.
5: I I think that is something to be watchful for.
0: Right, and so like one thing that Phil and Lamore try to be really good about was like I was on vacation last week and they didn't ping me at all. Right, like so yeah. I'm 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 worried about the negative space more than the positive space. Right, I'm I'm worried about knowing right. when not to bug you, not what, rather than knowing when to bug you. If that makes sense.
5: Right, and um. For for me, I will be very, um, let's see, what do I want to say? I'm going to be very careful to guard vacation time and time off and be clear about, you know, I'm going to be gone for three days, right. so y'all can take care of it. Right. Um, but, you know, if it's a Tuesday at 3 p.m. and I knocked off at 1, you know, I will try and say that, Oh, I was done at one or not and just uh, you know work on something if I feel like it. But keep an eye on those hours that we agreed on. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think the important thing is to set expectations. It doesn't but it doesn't matter what those expectations are, if that makes any uh-huh. sense. You know, you, you can work when you want to, but it's good to set the expectation for when you will be working is, is mm-hmm. really what matters. Um, okay so if so you, you want to work between 10 a.m and 1 p.m and that's you know on mondays and that's when you want to do mondays awesome just make uh-huh. sure that we understand that
5: so just um communicate and mm-hmm, but you yes. think having a set a set schedule will be better for everybody even if it's approximate and not set in stone right
1: yeah i think so really it's what's best for you as well
8: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
5: that's what i did when I think
7: the key thing to remember here is the world is not going to fall apart if we can't get a hold of you. So, um,
5: (laughs) like, if you should should talk to my former employers, Uh, (laughs) there was a little bit of that uh, there, and I kept telling them they would be fine. But anyway, enough (laughs) about me. I I don't want to talk about the past, I want to talk about the future. Heck yeah. Sure.
7: Yeah, my only other input is just like, and I think someone's probably said something along these lines: is you know, um, just yeah, you set whatever expectations you can. If they need to be flexible for you, great, you know, um, that's fine. But for me, it's like I like to let people know, hey, you can ping me whenever, but I might not always get back to you. I'll get back to you when I can. If it seems urgent, I'll try and get back quicker. But you know. Feel free to contact me. You just know that you know my availability will determine when I can respond.
5: Right. Um, there's one other area that I'm looking for a suggestion, and that is my habit has been: I'm done working. I'm gonna put some stuff on a PR. You know, maybe write some comments, and then walk away. And um, you know, somebody else gets that notification, and they're immediately communicating with me. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was I was done. I was getting up and walking out the door. Yep. Strategy? That's usually what I do, actually.
1: Yeah, walk out the door. <laughs> okay.
8: Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, change yeah. your status in Discord. Yeah, I mean, like,
7: like I was. This kind of gets back to what I was saying. Is just like, you'll receive inputs from people. You don't have to process yeah. them right away. You know, those comments, you know, don't need to be addressed right away, and they'll be there to work on when you get back.
0: All right. Yeah. And my, thanks guys. Yeah. My, my approach, and I think I've said this here before is like, like in the morning is when I do email and PRs and then in the afternoon, if I, if somebody gets back to me, I don't actually get back to them. Like the promise that I've made is that like during the work week, I'll get back to you within 24 hours, which means that basically like I just do it always in the morning. Right. So um, I know that can kind of slow you down It sometimes but it also means that i guard my afternoons to go heads down on something instead Um, so i think it's totally fine to to get back to somebody and then not immediately and if they get back to you not immediately respond back to them i think that's totally fair
5: all right well thanks that covers my question definitely
0: yeah the one other thing i was going to say was um as you continue to work with us you'll discover the hours that lamor is around and when she's not around um, in particular, she's around in the mornings a bit before she goes into the office. And then she's doing like meetings, like afternoon to evening. And then in the evening, she'll do some more work as well. Um,
5: yeah, my impression was kind of, oh, she's always, uh, there, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> yeah. that's just, uh, me getting the slice that's outside of office hours. Right, right, when I right. Was working
0: before. Yeah. If it's in your evening, then she's free as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during yeah. during the afternoon when she is doing meetings and stuff at HQ, like she may ping you, but then she'll disappear while she goes to a meeting, and then yeah. she'll ping you when she's back. Um, sure. So if it's if it comes down to like picking when to like have a focus three hours and you you want to work with her, then like either in the morning or in the evenings are when she's she's doing stuff. But
5: I'll keep that in mind.
0: But again, she's flexible, so. And we have meetings and stuff to account for as well. So,
5: yeah, we'll figure it out. Just don't right. work and more course, than you know you want. Yeah, I'll remember that for sure.
0: <laughs> All right, let's call it. Uh, thank you to everybody who joined us for this Circuit Python Weekly on the November eleventh, Veterans Day. Uh, as Jerry said, thanks to all the veterans, um, really appreciate your, uh, commitment to your cause. I guess I should say it vaguely. Um, this is, uh, a meeting, this, the CircuitPython community meeting happens every week at 11 AM Pacific, 2 PM Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server. Everybody's welcome to join that Discord server. The URL to do so is adafru.it slash discord. Um, Hop in the text channel. We're there all week. Uh, We're in the voice channel during the meeting on Mondays. And uh, this meeting has been recorded, so please be aware of that. Uh, We recorded both the text channel and the voice channel. It goes up on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit along with podcasts, uh, services around the globe. Um, in the notes doc you'll be able to check out time codes. So if you want to see what we covered without listening to the whole thing and pot- potentially skip through the video or the audio to find the things that you want, um, that's what the time codes are for. And uh, we're on for next week, next Monday, Cat uh, and will be running the meeting. So please join us then as well. And thanks again for everybody joining this week. thanks
1: everyone
2: you're welcome
0: thanks have a good good week bye adios